Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. It's happened. You have a car for the Cheap Sports Car Challenge. Finally, I Finally. can share. Yes. I'm so excited, yes. everyone. The car has arrived for our Cheap Sports Car Challenge. It is a 2006 Mercedes SLK 280 with a manual transmission. That is the key thing. Yes, Mercedes made manuals mm-hmm. that late. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait to share. We've got a lot of shooting planned, but now we can finally get underway, which is great. But yes, it is indeed a manual transmission. It came from an area of Florida called Lake Wales, which I'm Mm. not really familiar with. So Lake Wales, Florida, and it was a seller there. And he was kind of getting rid of everything to go off and see his daughter and son and, you know, just said, all right, the car runs. It's just been great for him and he put 153,000 miles on it while well, he was the fourth owner so yeah, but still yeah, yeah. just drove it around and he was getting rid of it and I thought that is the car and it's a counterfoil to what you've got mm-hmm, absolutely I is, loved yes. all of your guesses I was just biting my tongue over mm-hmm. here going some of you nailed it you know yep. who you are yep, yep. others you had really good guesses but the criteria think about this it couldn't be a TT because of all-wheel drive and it mm-hmm. couldn't be front-wheel drive either it needed to be a genuine mm-hmm. front-engine rear-wheel drive sports car but it had to be manual Front, well, here, hang on. Rear wheel drive. It didn't have to be front engine, but it did have to be rear wheel drive. Yes, yes. Dedicated sports car. A chassis built to be a two-seat two sports car. So all right, of you saying right. Mustang or Camaro doesn't work, actually. And I love the ideas because I was off in GTO land. I even thought of the A70 Supra thinking uh, sure, a yeah, yeah. good one of those yeah, yeah, would yeah, yeah. kind of be cool. But then the nice ones are Ten to fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, it was less than seventy five hundred dollars as well. I got that was the also. Cap. Did you think about this? Yeah. I, the red shirt guy, got a blue car, <laughs> and you, the blue shirt guy, got a red car. It's kind of fun. I spent seven grand. You spent sixty five hundred. So we were both yeah. well under our seventy five hundred dollar cap. Yep. And yep. the madness begins now. Th- this week we'll have the first video. Yes, but indeed, this is indeed. the big reveal. So, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being kind of early on all of that information, and thank you for all of the comments and responses already. We are so excited to share these cars. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. So, we're going to be tracking them. We're going to be driving them all winter. Yep. Think tops down, skis sticking out yes. to the ski resorts. Yes. We're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. So, we've got a road trip coming up, mm-hmm. which will be great, and lots of shooting coming. And this is a a good matchup, Dan. I see your. Uh, your comment here, that's Dan Griffin on Facebook. He thought I would be going with a C4 Corvette because I've been talking about him for so yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. And yes, that would have been interesting, but I think the I wanted the matchup. I mm-hmm. wanted the mm-hmm. really kind of the tit for tat, kind of yeah, back yeah, and forth, sure. back mm-hmm. and forth, not just, well, that just dominates in power and just mm-hmm, going to be super mm-hmm. fast. Or that just, you know what I mean? I didn't want one category or the other. And because we definitely made the requirement, I couldn't get a Boxster. Plus, all the good Boxsters are ten grand and over. But well, $7,500 Boxster is like, but I almost did. I you seriously did. considered yeah. getting a Boxster because the joke was you weren't allowed to get a Porsche. Yes. So yes. I found a silver Boxster, yeah. Which because I want color and because I'm not the Porsche guy, we thought that was almost perfect. Yeah. And then we yeah. bumped into Z3s and Z4s, and you actually originally liked the blue Z4 that mm-hmm. I did. You you were kind of connected to it, and I, and I made the joke. I said, if you don't buy it, I might. And yeah. then when you found SLKs, it was like, well, if you're getting an SLK, I'm getting a Z4. Because the other thing yeah. here yeah. was, we it was key for us now and going forward. 
we wanted to do that thing we tell you guys, which is new experience. Yes. I yes. know the Boxster's good. Yeah, I, yeah. But but and you and I, we'll say it on video. We'll keep saying it going forward. The joke that we both made is hand either of us $7,500 and say buy a sports car, two-seater, rear-wheel drive. I would have bought a Miata. You would have bought a Boxster. Yeah. We would have both been happy. Right. But right. the truth is both of us already know those cars. Exactly. And lots exactly. of other people know those cars are that cheap and have bought them. So. Our, our desire was to get something unexpected. And I think you've nailed that, by the way, Paul, with this SLK. I'm, I'm actually glad, and you guys have had good reactions, because this is a back and forth. Mm-hmm. The 280 is 228 horsepower with a 3-liter engine. It's the same displacement as the Z4 almost, 3.0. Almost the same horsepower. They yes. are so well matched. Yes, the gearing, is, and it's manual, I think. Well, that's unique, a manual Mercedes. Totally. Yeah, let's get that. The 370's out. It's just mm-hmm. kind of old news. The 350, they're all spec racer Zs. 300Z is too old. Corvette's too old. No Miata, no well, 86. We've covered those yeah. ad nauseum. I can't get a Boxster. No 2 plus 2s. What's left? Well, you know, MR2s would have worked. I mean, there were they things. there's they a lot would've. of things that would have worked here. Please don't get me wrong, but we were hoping, kind of like with the big sedans, how recent can we go? Mm-hmm. Because you know, mm-hmm. if you go way old, you can get all kinds of things for stupid cheap, okay? Of course. So of how course. recent can we go was a consideration. And then the thing is, as you and I both started gravitating, gravitating toward German cars, we had an epiphany. And that <laughs> yeah. was, okay, if we both get German cars – that adds to the list of no-nos, if you know what right. I mean. It's like, why on earth would you spend money on a used, old, high-mile German car? I mean, that is like, like a Phaeton. Like a Phaeton. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. So we're, we're trying that again of just being able to say, I mean, it has that same absurdity of the last two sedans we bought, where it was like, why would you buy a cheap one of those? It has that element a little bit as well, yeah. which I yeah. really like, because then we can either confirm or deny the myths. Exactly. Exactly. And there's been so many people writing to us. Under ten thousand dollar budget Tons. in the seventy five hundred dollar eight thousand dollar range, mm-hmm. guys. What should I get? And you have named the SLKs, you've named Z fours, mm-hmm. talked about boxers, all that kind of stuff. And I've been biting my tongue. I'm like, ah, I got to reveal a car first. I got to yeah, get yeah, the yeah. car here so we can talk about it. The videos can start coming out, and then we can start taking those debates. So I, I've just been kind of holding off just a little bit, and now we can start talking about all that stuff because it is valid for what people are shopping for. Totally finding them cheap and going. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's that Should I? it's that price range exactly. It's that price range where you think I didn't know I needed one of those. I didn't know I could buy yeah. one of those. It's that yes. it's that price range that is low enough that you start to go Wait a minute. Do I need just a fun car? Because the yes. argument that we hear a lot, and it's a valid argument, is I can't use a sports car and they're too expensive. Yes. So yes. you and I are going to buy a cheap one and use it a lot, which exactly I'm very, right. very excited about. We, we landed on $7,500 because, as you may remember, when we did the big sedans, the uh, price cap was supposed to be around five grand. I spent five grand. You spent almost eleven. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? Let's split that about in half and go seventy five hundred. You know, because that keeps us above the five thousand dollar car range. But we both were, and I have to applaud you for going cheaper than I did. We both were trying really hard to not even hit seventy five hundred. Yeah, exactly. And so exactly. sixty five hundred for that SLK is pretty cool, and I'm quite pleased with my beat up paint job Z four. <laughs> 
the SLK is in surprisingly good condition. It it's is just yes. filthy dirty. It's I think the dirt. owner just left the top down I at all so times. Too. I think it just sat in Florida with the top down, probably under a tree. Yeah. I think it came through the hurricane that way. I think it came on the truck, just top down, whatever. That's the other no, thing. What? Is that car's already had the adventure of being loaded onto a truck and then sitting through a hurricane. I mean, the adventures <laughs> have already begun for these cheap sports cars. It's fantastic. <laughs> Earth. So shipping from Lake Wales, Florida mm-hmm. to Park City, Utah, it took a while because of the hurricane. It so did. Sorry for the delay, everyone. But it was fourteen fifty, mm-hmm. so one thousand four hundred fifty dollars, which is not cheap. Shipping nope. apparently nope. has gone up, but it just kind of depends on what de- kind of deal you can get, and it depends on the delivery address. If you can find one that's more of a truck stop or more of a central location where the yeah. driver doesn't yeah, yeah. have to navigate to a hard to find specific totally. weird on a hill kind of address, <laughs> they'll charge you less. Hopefully, you can negotiate that way. Turn right at the third T junction. <laughs> yeah, past the fallen tree. Yeah, this is not exactly. the instructions that the driver wants. Definitely Give them not. Yeah, big iconic. You know. <laughs> A truck stop that everybody can easily access, that kind of thing. Hopefully, the price will drop a little bit. But it's here. We can start doing stuff. We can start driving it, putting the miles on it. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. We're going to be doing a video a month on these cars for the next year, and we are already shooting, actually, the second one, and we'll be shooting the third and fourth one in the next two weeks. Yeah. We, yeah. We're just stacking we're on, deep on this. We're very excited. And that is in addition to TV stuff. This is not stuff we're shooting for TV. This is specifically a series for YouTube once a month. So if you haven't subscribed to the main YouTube channel, that's where that will be. All of these individual press cards we keep getting, that goes on the Test Drive Videos channel also on YouTube. You can find them both from the YouTube tab on our website. We have more car conclusions for our topic Tuesday today. And we're jumping right into Adam from Saskatoon, Canada. He was debated on episode 526 mm-hmm. and he wrote to us and he says, I've made the purchase and Adam, I've been holding off on reading your particular car conclusion until my car arrived. Funny. I, like I it. couldn't That's talk good. about That's it. good. I like it. Because of this re- reason, he started in domestic and JDM land. Mm-hmm. He had his choice of three seventies at his $20,000 Canadian budget. Mm-hmm. He says great sports cars, checks all the boxes, but didn't have the special feeling. Fairly okay. blah interior. All right. All right. He said he had already decided against the BRZ Toyota 86. Mustangs and Camaros were off the list. Turbo 4s and V6 options don't make the right sound. Okay. And he could have easily gotten into an older gen with a V8, but it didn't suit him. And then he liked my suggestion of the Z3, Mm. Canada A. He says everyone he found was beat to death. Didn't show very well. So that was off. (laughs) Well, then he found E46 M3s that were in the range. So he was over there for a little while, but he said, I just found SMGs. And then he was able to drive a six-speed. He says, good car, but just impending issues, you know, the subframe cracking. And, <laughs> impending you know, all that issues is stuff. a very subtle way to put that. Keep going. He found a low-mile SLK 350 oh, and there loved you go. it. He said the convertible was great, interior felt nice, and the power from the V6 was just right. It was also an auto, which really didn't bother him as much as he thought it would, but then he realized he hadn't finished his drive homework. <laughs> so he started narrowing down. Adam, okay. you're hearing why I couldn't talk about it yet. Yeah, for sure. He narrowed his German entry-level convertibles to SLK Z4s and Boxsters. I mm, wonder where we've heard about those cars. That's Can't interesting. imagine yeah. why. This is why I love the relevance of this cheap sports car I'm challenge. very excited to it's share not it. just I really am. It's very a fun. frivolous kind of thing that we're doing here. We're genuinely shopping, and we're making these cars ours until yes. we raffle them off yes. to you guys. We, we didn't go look for the worst ones. Right. We looked right. for them within the price range. We got excited about finding newer models. I mean, I could have gone Z3. You could have gone Z3. Yeah, but I like yeah. the fact we get an even newer model. 
Yeah. Which is very cool. We've driven the Z3M, uh, pardon me, the Z4M coupe a while back and loved that. But I'm below that. What I, what I'm so excited about, sorry, I'm off on another rant about these. What I love about them so much is that you and I hadn't driven these cars we bought until we bought them. <laughs> yes. Now, our first time to sit in the seat was as they, as we owned them. Which I'm just excited about all the new experience of it. Keep going. All right. So he says the Z4's long nose and so-so interior didn't speak to him, (laughs) which surprised him. (laughs) All right. Fine. Which led him to Boxterland. Yes, it does. pick of 986 models, S or base, standard or auto, mileage across the board. All of them were under the $20,000 budget. He says the interior was terrible, and he mm-hmm. thought he wouldn't be one of those guys, but the headlights and taillights really are terrible. <laughs> Doesn't like him. That's not the model for him, clearly. Okay. Then he discovered the 987. Okay. Wow. Oh. He said the interior was so much better. The styling was better. He drove a very nice example. It was so much nicer than anything else. And so now he felt like he had completed his drive homework. He had to find a 987. And this was tough because he was pushing mm-hmm. 25, 30 grand for an okay model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would have had to travel a long way for it. But then he found it. Get this, a 2005 987 Boxster Base, which is like right it. in between the two cars that Todd and I got. Pretty Todd much. Z4 is an 04. You're right. My SLK is an 06. You're absolutely right. You're yeah. in the sweet spot, Adam. 50,000 miles, full dealer service records. Wow. No winters. It was originally a California car hmm. and now in Saskatoon. <laughs> wow, look at that. He okay. said, brand new Michelin Pilot Sports. Body was perfect. It's a Tiptronic, but he says, you know, asking $22,000. Well done. Well done. That sounds awesome. Wow. And, you know, he says, I convinced the seller that he would take good care of it. They settled bang on $20,000. <laughs> that was where the minister of finance had said you had to stop was twenty right. k. His yes. wife, Sarah, approved. He's right at the budget, and he loves it. I think it's fantastic. Brilliant, Adam. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. Thank you for writing. Really, really appreciate it. May you uh, have many, many miles of enjoyment. He, he looked at all the cars we bought and then bought something else that we had decided we weren't going <laughs> to buy because we knew it. Well, doing that. <laughs> well, but, but as I've said before, we have driven the Boxer in every form possible. Yeah. So we, that was a known yeah. commodity. I love that we're in the new stuff. And Adam, I love that you are as well. That's really cool. Anthony wrote to us as well. He, this is a car conclusion from episode 482. Uh, he did not buy an Aztec. <laughs> he just made that little note. Not an Aztec. Uh, but he was doing all kinds of things like he was considering – to sell his LX570. And he he did that. He did that. And he got an all-wheel drive Toyota Sienna to haul everything. And he converted it to a two-seater. He sent a photo of this. It's hysterical, by the way. He converted his Toyota Sienna all-wheel drive to be a big dog hauler, three giant dogs. So he took out <laughs> the second row, which means behind the driver and passenger seat, it's just a dog free-for-all back there. And he has a photo of it's the a back. rolling kennel. It's crazy. That's absolutely right. He has a photo because he just now had to move from Denver to Portland. So he has a photo from the road trip of him sitting in the driver's seat. The the back window behind him on the sliding glass door is is – Rolled down halfway, there's three huge dog heads, and then it's pulling a U-Haul. This is how you travel cross-country, my friend. <laughs> Move the dogs, and yeah, he moved up to Portland, Maine. He said the van made the 2,100-mile trek with the dogs, fiancé, bikes, cargo box, towing the U-Haul, ran perfectly. But now he's searching for the other end of yes, the spectrum of sacrifice. He's covered that one for sure. After our last board meeting, he said he thought he had had things narrowed down, and the board meeting refers to our patron calls. Mm-hmm. If you yeah, are for sure. the top-level board member you on Patreon, we've got a monthly call, so you can jump on there. And it's very fun. Get all it's the really, really inside cool. stuff, so I encourage you to do that. But he says he narrowed things down to a 2015 Boxster GTS or a 997 911 Cabriolet. Okay. 
He's had five Porsches and can't believe how overinflated the Porsche pricing is right now. You're right. What do you mean you're, right now? You're, but no, but he's the last decade. It's been madness. Honestly, it's yeah. used Porsches are worth money that doesn't make any sense. They hold their value. They do. They, they do for sure. That's yeah. a good thing. He says GTS was around sixty grand. He found an 07 911 mm. Cabriolet in manual with nineteen thousand miles, still forty five thousand dollars. Wow! So he didn't get a Porsche. He wow. went the other way with our other recommendation, a 2014 Jaguar F-Type S convertible in British racing green. I like that. Both price and mileage were under $30,000. Anthony, that is a steal. That's fantastic. A BRG. Yeah. Jag. Yeah, that's really fun. Take the Jag. I think that's really, that's really fantastic. fun. And he got it for under thirty grand. That That is really that well done, man. That's well, well bought. All right, Dan C. is writing to us with no particular episode in mind, but he does say he bought a fixed 2014 Volkswagen Jetta Sportwagon TDI. That's where the fixed comes in. Yeah. Uh-huh. Reflex silver exterior, black leatherette, and six-speed manual. Okay. Up okay. to this point, he had been driving an 05 Mercury Montego Premier all-wheel drive. Ooh, that sounds fantastic. No, it's not. I haven't said Montego for years it's, until that's just a, that's now. That's a word that has escaped our vocabulary uh, yeah. completely. You're right, yeah. Indeed. He said it was a tank in the snow in Syracuse, New York. But it just ate through money. He says suspension and brakes and just stuff. And Good news. I don't like it and it's expensive. Yay. I hate the name. It's expensive. <laughs> don't yeah. like it. Doesn't drive well, but at least it's costing me lots. Good news. Wait. So it's time for a new car. $15,000 budget. Less than 50,000 miles. Made in the past eight years. Under a decade old and manual transmission. Okay. All right. All right. And he made himself a list of stuff to drive after listening to the podcast. He's clearly listened to us because, boy, the, the usual homework. suspects are here. He had the Sport Wagon Mark 7 on his list and the Jetta Sport Wagon Mark 6 on his list. But he says due to car available, availability issues, he was only able to drive the Golfs and Jettas. For inexplicable reasons, nobody in 500 miles radius had a Fiesta ST or a Mini for sale. Mm. So he was gravitating towards the Jetta Sport Wagon. Power was good. Interior is nice. He said the space was great. And the panoramic sunroof was huge. <laughs> they have gotten massive on the right car now. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just like, did the roof go away? What happened? <laughs> yeah. So he found a dealer that had a lot of these. He test drove the ones that they had with the manual transmission, fell in love with one. That one wasn't for sale yet, but he settled one with the same exterior interior color combo with fewer features and options. And it's been great. He thought initially that the dealer would have fixed a few things upon purchase. Mm, probably not. He said, unfortunately, didn't, or they attempted to fix a lot of these issues, like some paint when he looked at the car. He's, they just didn't do a, a good job cleaning things up and making him a repeat customer. That's unfortunate. And he also says the lights on the side of the bumper that you know light up when the headlights are on. You should have – he didn't realize this until he went looking for different colored ones. You know how Porsche owners replace the amber colored ones. Sure. By the way, if yeah, you have yeah, a GTS, yeah. you don't have to. You just have to pay a lot more to get those non-amber lights <laughs> on the GTS. The and GTS upgrade is actually just a non-amber right. light upgrade. It's just going to cost all you it wicked is. amounts of money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he ordered new lights. He, uh, he cleaned that all up. And uh, he did uh, a tune, several, several hundred dollars. And he says, did you know that per this particular car is recommended for diesel engines that they are jump-started using two-gauge wire? It's like, <laughs> it's like sewer pipe. <laughs> it's like a rope you use to tie a cargo ship to the dock. Go get me the two-gauge. I'm sorry, I'm going to need help carrying that. Oh, cow. But since then, it's been smooth sailing. He says he's taken it to calling Junior. Love now it. he wants That's to funny. do even more upgrades like brakes and tires. 
And his suspension's a little bit soft, but, you know, just... I sense tuning out of class is coming. But anyway, all right, okay. Yeah, yeah. He says, why don't I just go buy another car for these mods? Yeah, because he says what he wants to do is going to cost $8,000 in parts and tweaks. Don't do that. Wow, okay, We just found two sports cars for under eight grand. We did, for sure. you You could get a whole other car. You keep the Jetta sport wagon and Uh just buy yourself a cheap sports car. Yeah, for sure. Indeed. All right, Scott G. is from episode 260. He wrote back to, in January 2018, where we covered his car debate, episode 260. Okay, he had long bought, time ago. I mean, Love it. Yeah, yeah. he bought a Mercedes C180, which on paper was everything Scott needed. Mm-hmm. But after two years, two minutes, he was bored of it and realized <laughs> 150 horsepower just isn't for me. I can see that, yeah. That's like, you know, me and carrots and shrimp we're just not friends. <laughs> no. All right. Carrot Ironically, shrimp, I, and in I this case, the Mercedes cake. C180. That is very weird, by the way. I love carrot cake. I'm sorry, but there's no reason that a vegetable should be hanging out in the dessert department. <laughs> there's just no reason. There's no reason for that to occur. I agree. They've cooked all the nutrients out Does of the carrots. Matter. Doesn't matter. shoved them in cake. Nope. Covered it with buttercream uh-uh. frosting. Sorry. <laughs> Can't do it. It's a vegetable. We just have ginger spice cake with the buttercream. It's a vegetable, anyway. and he's lost with the dessert section of the menu. He doesn't <laughs> know what he's doing cake. there. He has no idea what he's doing there. Yeah. Yeah. So 150 horsepower and you is not happening. You're not friends. So he re-listened to the car debate that we did back in 2018, and we had also recommended the BMW 1 Series. Now, hang on. I find this fascinating from Scott. Because we did his car debate a long time ago, 2018, episode 260, when he got to buying another car instead of writing it again. And we've had some of you write in again. There's nothing wrong with that. Thank you for writing. Everyday Driver, TV at Gmail, or the contact button. Thank you for all of you that just besiege us with car debates. We love it. Right. But he said, instead of writing in again, I'm going to listen again to what they recommended the last time. Yeah. Which is fascinating. So he re-listened to that episode and realized that we had talked about the BMW 1 Series, which was the one we don't get. That's what's interesting. We talked about the 1 Series wagon that we don't get and you and I are kind of obsessed with because we didn't get it. It's the forbidden fruit thing. He couldn't afford it when he got that Mercedes originally. Now he can. He got one. He loves it. That's cool. That's cool. I I love the connection when, yeah, just the fact that you went back and got Mm -hmm. the next car on the list. (laughs) I don't know that too many other people have done that. We all have lists, though, but I love that he went There's back. There's been a few, but it's sort of like, well, that's the top choice the guys recommend. I'm going to mm-hmm, get that. Mm-hmm. Two years later, re-listened. Okay, I'm done with this car. <laughs> this is next. That's I love astounding, it. astounding, Scott. Great, Scott. Fantastic. And thank you guys for sending your pictures. And as Todd said, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com and also on the website. When you're looking for that second YouTube channel to conduct your drive homework, yep. it's the second tab over. So go to YouTube, and then you're presented with a choice. You can go to the main YouTube channel or the mm-hmm. second one. The main one is going to cover the cheap sports car challenge. Yes, it will. That's where that Lots will live. Uh, older TV episodes mm-hmm. from Amazon and from Motor Trend. New comparisons, channel. all kinds of stuff. Yeah, big That'll stuff. That'll be there. there, but the continued press cars that we get and the single car reviews that we do will be on the new YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And thank you, guys. Please subscribe. Please watch something that interests you, and that helps us just build that up as we grow that into drive homework. And it is the Test Drive Videos channel, so Test Drive channel there. Really appreciate it and looking forward to hearing from you. Take a guess at the one thing we can't get enough of. Car stuff. That's right. That's why we love Haggerty Drivers Club. Starting at $45 a year, you'll get six issues of the award-winning Haggerty Drivers Club magazine, which is chock full of interesting reads and beautiful photos. You'll also get access to members-only live stream on topics that range from car values to automotive history, DIY tutorials, and a whole lot more. 
Plus, membership comes with tons of automotive discounts from big brands, including Deal of the Week, which is always an exclusive deal that only lasts a couple of days. If you love cars, and we know you do, this club is for you. Learn more at Haggerty.com slash Everyday Driver. Jared in Alabama writes to us about auction cars, and he accidentally won. <laughs> Did you fall out of bed, and you tripped, and you, your eyelash hurts, and oops, I won the auction. Darn it. Well, maybe not. When I, when I was a kid, we were at a bake sale, okay? I love like, that we're talking about food now bo- a lot. No, bo- Boy Scout bake sale, okay? And my dad and I, my mom, we'd all worked on this cake. It was pretty cool, and that one sold. And the one that I wanted, nobody else in the family wanted. Okay. Okay? There was an auction going. I mean, I'm a little kid. I was smaller than my son is now. You know, okay. probably, I was probably like eight. Okay. And I got really frustrated that nobody else in the family wanted this one cake that I wanted. And so I bid on it. Okay. In the middle of bidding, I bid on it for a fairly high dollar, and wow. I got in so much trouble. Thank God somebody, <laughs> some adult recognized, because I went like high. I swung high because I wanted this cake. <laughs> really? Some adult recognized that I was probably going to have a nuclear discussion with the parents that moment <laughs> and later and outbid me on purpose to save me from having to cough oh, up. Oh, funny. But uh, yeah, d- don't win auctions by accident. That's, that's the lesson I learned there. It's like, be careful. Make sure you have that money in hand. Anyway, sorry. Back to Jared. <laughs> he is a college student. He currently owns a 2012 Audi A6 3.0 supercharged. He bought a year ago. Okay. Loves the car. Works great for his 14-hour drive home that he's got to make a couple times a year. And that is from Alabama to Michigan. Yeah, that's a good drive. And it's a bit of a drive. The only issue that it's recently passed 130,000 miles. Okay. And some electronics have started acting funny. German <laughs> Sorry. car and electric. <laughs> Sorry. We'll give Todd a minute. I, I just, with the Phaeton and the Z4 and the Mercedes, that has, we have seen this. I have 113,000 miles on my Z4 and it has electrical gremlins. It the does? Had elect- what does oh, that have? It has, have? I've already talked about it, but it has the, uh, I'll talk about it on video as well. It has the one window that is completely oh, delinquent. Oh, that's right. Thank God I can still get to go up because, you know, convertible. But it's just, it just doesn't, flat out doesn't work. It's not like your interior lights flash and cadence. No, it's nothing like that. That's, at that's, night that's a specifically on, right? Italian problem you're having there. <laughs> that's yeah. a different, yeah, it's a totally you're talking different about a whole different thing. Yeah. But anyway, I'm just laughing at electrical equipment. Sorry, go on. <laughs> so he says he got quoted $3,000 for a single module to have it fixed. Oh, my gosh. Gulp. That's probably half what that car's worth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. He's got a history with Audi. He owned an 01 TT 1.8 for three years that he okay. built into a street and track car. During that time, he also bought an 02 B5 S4 that wow. was wrecked. He rebuilt it and quickly sold it, I believe, for profit. Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a history here of for sure. buying, then Building, selling, selling, yeah. you know, refurbishing, rebuilding. He says, all this to say, I know about German maintenance and the annoying electronics, but I still love the feel of cars in both handling and luxury. Okay. Yesterday on an auction at the time <laughs> of his writing, he bought a wrecked 2015 Hyundai Genesis Coupe R-Spec 3.8 manual mm. that only had 35,000 miles. Okay. He wasn't expecting to win. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bid. Oh, what could happen? I'll just bid. Seriously, if that happens to somebody, I'd bring a trailer just to like, eh, let's see if I could get it for that price and it stops. Yeah. That's when you get blacklisted because you don't want to pull out your wallet. But uh, yeah. How do you explain that one mm, to yeah. your significant other? He couldn't be happier with the price, though. It's got a slight fender bender, he says, but there's no major damage. Okay. So All it right. sounds well bought, actually. Yeah. The question is, once he gets it fixed, 
Does he now keep the Genesis for his fun daily driver and gear rowing needs? Mm -hmm. A gear rowing needs. I like that. And use it a couple times a year for this long trip back home, or does he fix it up and make a couple thousand dollars and keep that A6, which feels boring despite the supercharger and less than capable around corners because it's an automatic and blah, blah. But he'll have $2,000 less in the Genesis. It's got almost 100,000 less miles. Yeah, but eh, you make a couple thousand dollars and you got to go buy that module for 3000 for the A6. Well, that is if he keeps the A6. But, I, th- but I think the play here is to clearly get rid of the A6. I think it's time for a new experience. And I love the fact that you have, you've been Audi guy yeah. and you've slipped and fallen out of Audi. And you have a Genesis now. Yeah. Hyundai Genesis. They're like, oops, I have a Hyundai. So I, think, <laughs> I, won. Look, I, I think let the A6 go. Get the Genesis fixed up so you can be your daily driver and be your uh, your road trip car when you need it. Let the A6 go. Have a completely different non-German experience for a bit. Mm-hmm. I think then you can move on to something else entirely in a couple years when you're done with the Genesis. Maybe even like a year. I don't even think it needs to be around that long. Yeah. Yeah. He said he liked the idea originally of the sport bucket seats, big Brembos. But he also wanted to be comfortable and reliable, again, for this drive home. He's looking for a new daily, even if he ends up selling the Genesis. Okay. I think that both of them go. I think Todd's right. But he says here, ideally it would be four doors and be a manual that's still sporty, preferably a V6 or a V8. That list is limited, my friend. Yeah, it is for sure. Yeah. And my question to you is- Four do doors, you manual, V6 or V8. Yeah. Is like, that's a, that's a <laughs> it's short a list. Pontiac G8 GT or, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I bought an SS and the list is done. I yeah. kind of. But he says this wild card, he throws his own wild card in here for a 2019 Corolla hatch in the manual option. That's not a lot of the things he mentioned except for four doors. Yeah. It is a manual. Those are the only things. It isn't a V6 or a V8. Do you need a car that big? Do you need the four doors? Because let's go something different. If we're going to try different things, hey, you won an auction unexpectedly. (laughs) Oops. You have a sports car. Start the impulse buying like (laughs) gum, mints, new car. Exactly. Blam. So I love your Corolla XSE suggestion. And I, you know, there was not a budget in here, but we're extrapolating. Yeah. 2019 Corolla yeah. hatch. I'm hoping hoping it's the XSE. Yeah, we're assuming that it manual. is. Yeah. So that's what, $19,000, $20,000? Low 20s probably is where he really would get one. Which means you could consider Veloster turbos, maybe a super used Veloster N, but they might not be that low yet. They're down to twenty four, twenty five. dollars Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. the early so ones. You could get them there. You need to add some money. But... You like to fix things. You like to repair and fix and maintain and sell for more. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep that going because you can. Okay, all right, all right. You're in a place in your life where you can Mm -hmm. and you know how to do it. So how about a larger, cheaper, but still GT car like that aforementioned A70 Supra that I was talking about, the 86 to 92, when I was looking for our own cheap car challenge, Mm -hmm. I went Mm -hmm. looking. I found one in Texas and it was, it was... Eleven or twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, with twenty, you've got plenty of options of those for sure. Thirty years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of money. Mm -hmm. eh, That that kind of turned me off. But this, because of the Supra, the Halo thing going on with Supra in the world now, it's really oh, Supra. I haven't heard about that. That's interesting. Explain. I also considered for you a 300ZX Nissan, mm. but it's the Z31, that 1983 to 1989. Right before the 90s one that I love. I got you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How about that? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I suggest this is because I wonder what's going to happen to Z cars now. Okay. I, right. It's hard to speculate. You could say they're going to all go even lower because the new one, or maybe because the new one, and I can't get it yet, all these others start mm. to rise. Well, and you can get a current gen 370 for 10 grand 
because it looks the same as the new one you can buy for 45. 40th yeah. anniversary car. 50th, 50th anniversary car. car. It just it just Let's it just simplifies. It you get yeah, what you do is you do one round of photography and you just change the titling. It's perfect. Oh, that's awful. Just have your artist splash some graphics on and we're good. Same photo decade later. We're good. But the car that I think you should go get because you like something powerful. I, I'm hearing okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you like something comfortable yeah. and road trip worthy, GT okay. car like. And I'm going to save you money because Ooh, now is the time you. in your life. I'm only hearing the the road trip is two or three times a year. Yes, agreed. Just save up for the gas expense because you're going to need it Uh-oh. for your new Pontiac GTO from 04 to 06. Well, look at you. But you can get them with manual transmission. Yeah, you can. There's still four seats. They're just two doors. Mm-hmm. Still two a big two. car, but it just a, big car. a cool, fast car with a lot of power. Yes. Get them in manual. They're 15. Good ones are 15 with a manual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good ones. It's and you've the, got money left for gas. It's but, the muscle you know. car version of that Genesis he's got in many Indeed. ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, and because that road trips, like I said, a couple times a year, mm-hmm. all right, it'll do fine. It won't be great, but it'll do fine. And the rest of the time, you got a GTO, and I wonder hmm. about those GTOs. Are they going to start going back up? Nevertheless, if they don't, you probably could sell it for about the same you paid for it. Yeah. New experience, yeah. then move on. I wonder if he could barely get into an E90 Series M3. Oh. I wonder about that. That's interesting. The for late 20? 2000s, mm. 2025 is kind of where we are here. Again, Don't you tell me they're been, that low. You haven't been Don't specific about me. a budget, Jared. I, I think that's probably, without looking them up, I just thought of that right now. You might be at the very bottom of the market. It'll be high mileage, be high but mileage, I don't think you're scared of that. But it's a big that. V8. Yeah. You'd have different you'd have all here's the thing. You'd have all new electrical gremlins that have nothing to do with Audi. It'd be BMW electrical gremlins. See? You know. A whole fresh pasture of you know electrical gremlins. But, he, to but here's the, but I'll go, go another one. If you can't do that, because it, again the E ninety is the four door M three, you can get it in a six speed. It's a phenomenal car. Oh but if you can't do that, oof. step down, I'm gonna go two plus two like you just did. I don't know why I'm in BMW land, but it just struck me just now. Because you're thinking of Gremlins. Because I'm now a BMW owner. Jared to have. That's why. Yeah, but and I have the, the motorsport stripes on the hood, which makes it faster. That, that does adds, make it faster. It's a whole separate thing. I did not do that, by the way. I'm just going to caveat that now, and then I'm going to leave them on the car for the laugh. But oh, you could funny. also do that same generation, but the, what is it, the 335 IS with the turbo? That's interesting. Two plus that two is in the sweet spot. Those are eighteen to twenty grand. Six speed, good turbo motor. Those don't look that old. They are very fast, and if you know what you're buying, those are great. Ooh, I'm on Auto Tempest right now because I have to know manual sedan M3 search. <laughs> what do we got? Oh, I forgot to put a price in, but let's just see. What let's see where they for. come up. Yeah. Okay. Oh, ooh. Here's an 08. BMW M3 four-door. Oh, mm-hmm. it's in that orange. Oh, cool. 91,000 miles in Centennial, Colorado for 24.9. There you go. That means they're down there for sure. If that oh. one's there, then there's going to be others. That's See, I think that's an option. It's a different German nightmare. I mean, it's a different German experience. <laughs> okay. Pretty cool. Okay, gotcha. Here's an 08 M3, 86,000 miles in Sacramento, California, 22.9. I'm not, uh, I'm not completely my- off. I can't tell if that's a wagon or not. The closest thing I can do for you that's newer, Jared, is the G70, but I don't think they're cheap enough for you yet. I think you'd love a Genesis G70. Something about the Genesis Coupe made me think how much you'd like that rear-wheel drive V6 G70, but I don't think those are down below 30 yet used. Mm. M3, man, with a V8. Okay, they are. I kept scrolling. 133,000 miles in Roselle, Illinois. 2008, 18.9. Manual. Come on. M3. 
since Jer is a guy that likes to wrench, that the the scary Whoa. the scary part about those is the wrench element, the, which is everything. Uh, but 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 that's the thing though. If you if you like to wrench and Jared does, I think he gets a totally new, fantastic experience out of that V8 and that M3. Those have dropped and off it's, a cliff. Look, it's going to consume your wallet in gas when you take your road trip. But it's yes. only a couple times a year. The rest of the time, you're driving that big Bruiser M3 and loving it. Console yourself. It's only a couple times a year. I like that a lot. All right, Jared. Let us know what happens. We're curious. Thanks for writing. We're longtime users and big believers in Griot's Garage car care products. That's because while many other brands are just rebranded versions of the same few products, Griot's Garage has developed, manufactured, and bottled bespoke car care products since 1990. Griot's is a family company based in Washington State, still dedicated to having the best products for every car and budget. In fact, I learned all my certified Paul-owned car care styles from Griot's. And now you can tune up your car care routine. What you need is a foam cannon. Create a high foam blizzard right in your driveway. Foaming requires little to no work and avoids wash-induced scratches. It's the safest way and super fast and cool to wash your car. Try the Griot's Garage Foaming System Complete Kit today and see what foaming is all about. I'll tell you right now, it's made cleaning faster. Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed and all liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EVERYDAY for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Thunder Vikings on Instagram. I'm sorry, Thunder Vikings? Thunder Vikings! That's, that's, a, that's actually really good. That should be a band. I like that. Asks, what are some of the more nuanced ways to describe a car's suspension and handling in a review? Okay. There are mostly references to a too stiff or soft suspension that either feels like a go-kart or a couch. Sure. How would we describe turn-in or transition speeds or weird steering geometry? Handles on rails, dude! Oh, it's a handles like it's on rails. By the way, side <sighs> rant, mm. along with the card journalist cliche of handles on rails, mm-hmm. I now think that every car should have a manual. This car should, it'd be better with a manual, is now in the same category of handles on rails. I think many car journalists are on camera saying, well, yeah, it's, it's okay, and the internet would have you believe that the Super would be a, a good car, but it's really not because it doesn't have a manual. Mm. I think it's now a cliche. I think it needs to be car by car at this point because Fair. automatics are so good. Are you not going to buy a used Alpha Julio Quadrifolio in the future because it's it a manual. not a manual? Yeah, I take your point. It's, it's, a, a, it's a very good point. It's a very car. good point. Yeah. And in a car like that, it doesn't have a manual. It's like, is it a bummer? Yeah. Would I like a manual? Sure. Am I going to not buy it for that reason? No. Here's my other rant that ties into that. Mm-hmm. All the supercars like McLarens and Ferraris mm-hmm. and Lamborghinis and everything yes. else, everybody drools all over them on the internet. Mm-hmm. And if somebody says, well, this would be better with a manual, nobody would care. They're going to get dogpiled. <laughs> they get dogpiled or nobody would be like, well, They're it's quarter a million dollar car. McLaren yeah. 600 LT. What are you talking about? Yeah. Shouldn't have a manual. Yeah. And nobody even blinks that it's not. Okay. The All McLaren, right. it, it'd be a little bit of a better car if the Senna were a manual. <laughs> no. No. I'm, no. This is I my am, rant today. I, I love manual transmissions because I love the involvement so much. And I love I that these cheap sports cars yes. we bought are manuals because it, it so connects you to the experience. Absolutely. I love it too, but of I course. I also take your point, and that is that it's it's not – it shouldn't be this thing where it just has to be assumed that this car would be better if it had one. Really? 
the Koenigsegg and the Bugattis would be, you know, they're okay, but they'd be better with a manual. No. <laughs> no. Well, but, but, but see, here's the, here's the problem. That is the way it's stated. Would be better with a manual. But the problem is nobody's defining what better means. I agree. I agree to that. If it's just I'm looking for the most involving experience possible, then okay. Let's, let, let's, Miata. Let's <laughs> yeah. Miata let's go for manual. the win. Let's go manual. But I agree with you at that point as well. Now also you need to go less powerful yeah. and less world bending to be more involved with it. I think the Chiron deliberately does not involve you. It just needs a little bit of a chaperone. It's a little busy. Like a bored babysitter. It's it's a little busy going hyper fast. Because it's doing everything it's else for you. It's got you covered. That's funny. I like it. So I think, Thunder Vikings, the way to do this, to approach it, is to talk about relatable things that we understand. We all understand go-karts and couches. It's continuing yes. to do that, but finding other similes and metaphors that mm-hmm. you can relate to. Because if you go off into... Like this, you know, handles on rails. Like, what if you've never been on a train? I kind of get the idea, but okay, I guess. But come come into, you know, specific things that you understand that particular feel. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what car journalists continually search for. I think that's the relatability that you and I describe on camera. We try, yeah. So uh, obviously it depends on the car, but you could say very stiff, too stiff, you know, but then relate it to, you know, something. Whatever that is, I, I think going away from those cliches will be more helpful. Well, and I think you've got to discuss at some level how it makes you feel as a driver. And that can be more relatable sometimes than what is exactly the sensation. Yes. Yes. That can help as well. The feeling you come away with. Yes. And, right. and how confident you feel in driving. Because you can drive cars that are great. I'll give you a great example. The GTR is one of my all-time favorites as a car that is unbelievably capable and yet keeps you at arm's length all the time. Yes. It's just it keeps you over there, kind of stay there, sit down, be quiet. I got this is kind of the feeling of it, which is very interesting. Yes. It, it also needs a bored senior in high school babysitter who's addicted to Instagram and barely acknowledges your presence. That's the kind of chaperone it needs. <laughs> It'll do everything else. I'll take care of it. I'll, I'll do it I all. got it. I got this quarter. Don't I worry. I got this. Drew on Facebook asked a question that kind of relates here. He says, is it ever okay for the next generation of a driver's car to be slower or less powerful than the preceding one? Oh, what if I got the same power as the current generation? Is this acceptable? If so, why not? Drew, we got two warring factions on this discussion. Okay, and I'm going to try to break this down. First off, the marketing department doesn't like the same or less than before. They really don't like that. That's true. That's the funny. new whatever, just like it was before. You remember New Coke? I'm going way back. You remember oh, New Coke? Wow. That was supposed to. People were stockpiling the old stuff before the new stuff even came out because they were convinced the new stuff was going to be bad. The new stuff, by the way, didn't survive. And then you got Coca-Cola Classic. Who knows if it was all... Which they spun. That was the, the yeah. spin doctor moment for Coke. Well, but he, here's, here's a conspiracy theorist in me, which is not a big part of me, but I like it anyway. I actually wonder if the entire thing was a ruse. To make Coke Classic now, to, to come make, out with a new marketing. To, to just give a huge bump to Coke in general. We're going along at a projection. Let's change this. Let's make new Coke. People don't like new Coke as much. Now they want the old Coke. You bring it all back. It's a big spike. It's yay. That's what but, they need. But the point here is that they the, are both firefighter and arsonist. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I lit the fire so I could put it out. Right. Don't you think yes. I'm a hero? Yes. The point here is you can't go, well, the 0 to 60 is actually slower than last time. Now, the 0 to 60, by but the way, don't look at that. doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter, but that's very problematic. One place that broke this was Mazda with the latest Miata. It is less powerful 
than the prior version. Powerful now. And the ND1, the first gen of this current uh, generation Miata, wasn't as good as the NC either. Now smaller, also smaller and lighter, which never happens. True. But now that they've got the ND2 with the revised engine, it is brilliant. Car companies always want you to know their car is bigger than before. It's, it has more it's space. It's always bigger. It always has more space. It always has zero to 60. It's better. It's always more powerful. Drew, I, I want to spin this off into something that I'm coming to, honestly, almost in real time. I've been coming to this as we've been driving a string of SUVs of late for the Test Drive Videos channel. I actually think that SUVs are reaching a place where the crazy numbers and the more ridiculous than before, let's just apply that to SUVs now. Let's apply the crazy numbers, I can't believe it does this, to the market segment that's selling the best, which is SUVs. Now, most every SUV creates a high-performance version. And I've struggled with that for a long time because why do we have a high-performance SUV? But now we're reaching a place where you can't use the capabilities on the road anyway of anything. Supercar to SUV, you just can't use the capabilities anymore. True. So what I would like to see, here's where I'm going, Drew. What I would like to see is if we need to do bigger, better, more, it's bigger than it was before, it's more powerful than it was before, it growls more, it has more gears, it has, oh, it's bigger. If we need to do Do that. Do marketing people talk like that around the office? Maybe. (laughs) Sometimes I think so based on the way the copy comes out. But but. But the thing, the thing is, though, if, if we need to go, everything is better than last time, can we do that on the next version of the SUV? And let's do this. Can that free us up as car buyers and car makers to make sports cars, back to where you were with a manual transmission, just be involving? It doesn't yeah. have to have crazy numbers. It doesn't have to have bigger, better. This has more cup holders, more USB ports. I don't care. It's small. It's yeah. light. It's got a manual transmission. It's not very powerful. The SUV I have at home is more powerful than this. And that's okay. That's true. The problem is the that's entire true. market is trying to be bigger, better all the time. And that is ruining what was great about small, light, and involving. So let's let the big stuff be big stuff and let that also be crazy fast. I don't care. I'm, I'm off full rant here. I don't care if my seven-seat SUV, I don't have one, but a seven-seat SUV in the garage is twice as fast as my little light sports car. I really don't care because if you can put the entire brood and the dogs in it and you can pass people that are going slow on the on-ramp, I consider that a bonus. Yeah. But when I'm going out in a two-seat car with my wife or by myself or with my son or just to drive, I don't care if I was the fastest thing on the on-ramp. Look at the trees. Here's a corner. Oh my gosh, that that look at the way this road arcs. I want to be involved. Did you mm-hmm. did you feel that downshift? That was perfect. Doesn't need to be bigger better. So I'm wondering if we can let sports cars be small, light, maybe smaller and lighter than last time while the SUV gets even bigger than before. <laughs> Park your sports car in the back of your SUV yes. like a backpack. Practically. I do like that. I this is going to be my crusade. It's going to be a very Losing crusade on my part. I'm going to lose this one. Lost causes at everyday driver. We're good at this. Absolutely it We're is. We're very good at this. Trying to get Mercedes to build a manual transmission again. This is mm. my crusade. Mm. It is irrelevant. It'll never happen. <laughs> but maybe we can convince car manufacturers through our cheap sports car challenge to build smaller and lighter. Porsche could do it. Mercedes mm-hmm. could do it. BMW yes. could do it. Yes. And again, I've talked to you about... The small, light, fun car over here in BMW's lineup and all the 22 electric new things that they want to introduce that are people movers and great and wonderful and it's tech on wheels and great. But then over here, so every car company makes their own spectrum. 
Mm, that'd be cool. That's exciting. I really and wish if Mercedes so. could build something small and lightweight. Okay. They're focused on electric, as is every car company. As is everybody. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what if that directed them towards building something that's smaller, lightweight, and maybe electric? Okay. It doesn't have a manual, but fine. You know, we're going in that direction for fun electric cars because now electric cars are associated with people movers and they have, you know, a jillion watts of power and they have all these huge yes. batteries on board yes. because we have to justify the weight of these things. Mm-hmm. The Bolt is an exception, by the way. It's kind of small and kind of light. It is both you know, of those things. Com- comparatively, way. you're right. right. Yes, yes. But how about we go that direction, and mm-hmm. then you can have your giant people movers with 1,000 horsepower and more. Somebody's going to do 2,000 horsepower because they can. It's, it's, it's coming. We're, we're not that far away, yeah. Rant crazy. All right, Tanner G. Images just moved into a new house. What are some garage projects we have done or want to do? There was a recently installed wall-mounted tire rack this weekend. There you go. So it got him thinking about what's next. I'm thinking the same thing, but I do have an idea for you, and that is wheels. Everything on wheels. Oh, I see where you're going. This is what I am concentrating on for my own garage. Everything can be moved for the sake of either moving or cleaning. I can reposition oh, it. I, I can rethink things. I can reorganize. But all mm. the heavy stuff is on wheels. Like your big cabinets and stuff. I saw your cabinets are now on yes. wheels. I did see that. That's Everything's on yeah. wheels for cleaning. So you don't have that moldy, dark corner with a lot of dirt in it. I never want to go over there. What if you had a clean, <laughs> bright, spotless garage floor everywhere? As Paul does. Trust no. me. It's it's you phenomenal. Know. But yeah. No. I'm working on it. But everything's on wheels. Your snowblower, if you need one. Your air compressor, your vacuum cleaner, your power washer, mm-hmm. your cabinets, of course the cars, and anything else that is not goes on the wall in some nicely organized rack. You'll be so happy. You'll be so happy. So everything gets up off the floor for cleaning. Just spotless. Keep it clean out there. It's not just where we hide the cars and we just park them in this dirty drawer mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm. Get it? A place you want to spend some time in. I like it. That's cool. Barbara, you've asked a question I'm going to try to answer quickly which is going to be difficult because Not this is a topic. Is okay, actually. I'm this okay is a topic I love. Bring it, man. Barbara Peterson's ask, asking on Facebook about the new series, Long Way Up. Now, if you're not familiar, Ewan McGregor, yes, that Ewan McGregor who played Obi-Wan and many, many other things, okay? That guy, that yeah. actor, and yes. one of his best friends, a guy named Charlie Borman, a lesser-known character actor, they did a thing called Long Way Round uh, about 15 years ago, early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. They got on their motorcycles in London, and they – they rode around the world eastbound. Phenomenal series. Yes, they got on a boat to cross the ocean. But they <laughs> rode around the world, okay? <laughs> they, but they did what was called the Road of Bones, which is pretty much not really a road in far, far northeastern Russia. Is that because they leave your bones there? Uh, be, uh, it was because many people that built it died. Ah, and the discussion is that their oh. corpses may have been incorporated. Bummer. Road of Bones. Wow. Pretty exciting. Okay. Phenomenal series. One of my favorite travel docs ever. And I'm not a motorcycle guy. And there are moments in the long way round one where it's clear they got through border crossings and mafia posts and random people with guns because they looked at you and McGregor and went, I know who you are. Oh, my God. And a lot of times I watched it and just thought, if that had been me, I just would have been shot in the head because who would have cared? It's like that guy. Just kill him. We don't care. Who's that guy? He's just annoying. So anyway, they did long way round. Then a few years later, they did long way down. The tip... John O'Groats, the tip of Scotland uh-huh. to the absolute southern tip of South Africa. Wow. Yeah, it's been this. 10 or 12 years now, and they're doing long way up. The only part of the, the world they haven't covered, apparently, they're going – can they go long way southeast? Forget it. Anyway, they're going from the southern right. tip of South America 
to Los Angeles. Now, the reason they're not going higher is partially time and also because when they did Long Way Round, they came down through Los Angeles. So they've covered L.A. to New York. They could do Long Way Out on a rocket to Mars. There you go. <laughs> We're doing. We're putting the bikes in the rocket, and here we go. They could. Anyway, all of that to say, Barbara's question is, have we ever wanted to do something like this? Barbara, I haven't. I, mm, I couldn't want to do this more. I, I couldn't want to do this more. And I, and I look for the day, and I hope that we can do more adventure travel kind of stuff for the show. We did our pilgrimage film. We did our Midges Mountain yeah. stuff. This is some of my very favorite stuff. I love having those adventures with a car and sharing them with you guys. I, th- just, I just think it's fun. I, this is going to sound weird. I even like those edits. Because yeah, you come back yeah. with mountains of footage and it's like, I have got to contain this beast into something that you can watch and follow. Because we shot for days yeah, and you've got 90 minutes or two hours. I love everything about it. The problem is, and you've nailed it, you said, is the issue time and money? Yes, it is, Barbara. Absolutely. It's both of those things. Yeah. I yeah. would love to do stuff like this and I would like to have interesting cars along the way. Uh, I, we are working on some logistics to do some stuff like this. We'll see what happens. I'm going to leave it there, but you have to know, Barbara, that this kind of thing, that is the thing I'd like to do most in the world for this show. I think it'd be awesome. I think it'd transform what we do. I think it'd be even more fun. I do have a request. Can I have an earth roamer? I, I would like an earth roamer (laughs) or a global X vehicles or anything like that. That is like the base camp. So whoever's driving the support vehicle, that's where we can, you know, cook out and camp and of course sleep in, but then it's got, you know, some internet connectivity. It's got solar panels on the roof. So what you're talking about is you want to do the, the rumored sports cars followed by an earth roamer. (laughs) You want to do the rumored bear grills version of, uh, of the middle of nowhere where it looks like it was really horrible. And then went to a five-star hotel and everything was better. Well, it's not five star. It's just an earth roamer. but I would They're honestly, only half a million? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, but the one that I would like to do more than anything, honestly, that wouldn't be hard logistically. It's just time and money. I'd like to go from Gibraltar to Turkey on oh. the coast in a car. Interesting. And that means, by the way, all the way down around the boot of Italy. I mean, like stay on the coast. I will drag my feet in Italy. I go the whole way. Malfi Coast. I just think it'd be amazing. Yeah. And then, of course, you'd, you'd actually have to spear off randomly. You got lost. Coming off the boot of Italy, you'd have to go up into Switzerland. Okay. And then spear back down. Okay. But I, that, that, to me, is the ultimate. That would be weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And I'd be okay with that. Money and time. <laughs> yes to all of that. All right. Uh, Richard uh, Damiano asks, when choosing your next car, is it generally better, assuming both cars are similar in current price and abilities, to chase an older car that was premium mm. when new? Phaetons and Quattroportes. Yes. But has what depreciated a lot or a newer car that hasn't gone down in value much, such as an AMG GTS versus a C7 Corvette? Or a Cayman R versus a new Supra. Mm. Richard, the only way you can really decide for yourself is what drives better to you. Because it doesn't matter the decade the car was built in. Mm -hmm. It matters the dynamics. And older cars still have good dynamics. Dynamics that you love. They might just be old and the bushings are shot and, you know, Mm -hmm. steering rack needs replacing and, you know, suspension is gone. Things like that. But the cars you're talking about... That GTS is actually starting to creep down there. Mm-hmm. And they're special. They're and really cool. They really are. So 
you know, you, you think, well, I'll just save some money. And that was the big sedan challenge. I'll just save money because I got the cheaper thing. And that is, you're, you're being introduced to that thing. Should I buy that BMW 850i V12 manual? <laughs> that won't cost me much in maintenance, will it? It doesn't cost me much to buy, but what have I done to my budget? Yes. Yeah. I, I love your Cayman R versus a new Supra. Because those, the only thing that you can answer is driving them yourself and answering. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you which one I want. Mm-hmm. It, it might be a surprise. It might not. But you, you can only choose for yourself. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the other. But th- that is ultimately it. And welcome to Everyday Driver because that is the thing we struggle with constantly. Yes. So there's yes, no yes. real answer. Yes, it's better to always chase the older car. Sometimes the newer one, even though you've got the depreciation, as you mentioned here. But you've got you've to drive it. What's interesting is once you get into a spectrum of really good cars, it becomes every bit as personal as the person you're attracted to. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we can yeah. all kind of in, in, a, in mass kind of say you walk into a crowd of people and you and your best friend will both be able to identify the top five most attractive people in that room. You will both agree. Those are the top five most attractive. Sure, sure. But I also guarantee you, you and your friend would both pick a different one. As yeah. the most attractive person sure. in the room. This sure. is what I'm talking about, about sports cars yeah. or really good driving cars. Once you get into a spectrum of that's genuinely good, which one do you want? Which one speaks to you? Cutler Colin 99 asks a question that I think is only directed to, to Todd. Uh-oh. Asking what is the best way to convince his parents to do driving homework? <laughs> as if I've done this successfully? I have not. But let's keep going. He keeps on sending them car brochures in the mail, tells them a list of cars. And since he lives across the country from them, this is, he feels like this is the most he can do. I think you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. You can't, my mom always said you can lead a horse to water. You've all heard that's that. The, that's the term. Yeah, Colloquialism. Yeah. And you're doing right. It's one thing for people to ask you for advice. Mm-hmm. It's another thing for people to completely ignore that. <laughs> but get this. People do that with car debates. For sure. And that is absolutely 100% okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because if we got them thinking differently and they went off in, man, I hate your two choices. That was just an <laughs> Paul and Todd both got it wrong. Moment of wrongness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, and then I took your information. I took what you're thinking. It got me thinking differently. And mm-hmm, I realized mm-hmm, yeah. I'm not allowing myself to go like the car that I actually really like. And I bought mm-hmm, it and I'm happy. Mm-hmm. So if it gets them thinking differently by all these, you know, it's suggestions you're doing sort of the underhanded thing here short of calling them and be well, like, but buy this car but you could call them and ask them these questions too you, i mean you could you the, could you don't have to be blatant but i sometimes people just go off in a different direction and mm-hmm. that is okay it is the, the thing you're asking is you're trying to get i sounds like you're trying to get your parents out of a rut and my parents are in a rut they have when i look back i've realized we've pretty much they've pretty much just bought gm vehicles for decades there's a lot of other car companies out there indeed there's a lot <laughs> and and I, and there's some good GM stuff, but there's also a. Did I mention that there's a lot of other stuff? Did I mention that yet? Yeah, did that come across? A lot of choice. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I tried so hard to get them to buy a Mazda CX-5 when my parents were last shopping for a five-seat oh, SUV, I and I said the car you need to drive is a Mazda CX-5. Well, we're looking at five-seat SUVs. We talked about all the reasons they needed one. I said, okay, you should look at the Mazda CX-5. They promptly did not buy buy one. They didn't even drive one, and they bought. Wait for it, the Chevy equivalent, the Equinox. And they've never quite liked it. And you're going over here this way. Didn't even, bo- didn't even bother to drive the Mazda CX-5. I'm not saying that's what you would have bought, but at least drive it. 
so I'm not saying I'm successful as this. I've been a little more successful, shockingly, with my mother-in-law, who's at least willing to drive stuff I recommend. Oh, good. She'll okay. probably still buy a Lexus, but it's a whole separate thing. <laughs> but what I would say is if you're talking to your parents, they are probably fully aware of the fact that this is quite an investment and they're going to have it for a while. Indeed. I suspect they probably are not people that are going to, like many of us on this podcast, shop for another car in a year. They're probably going to hang on to whatever it is. Yeah, so yeah. in some cases, I think it's about encouraging them to drive things other than whatever they're fixated on to make sure that what they're fixated on is the right choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not about yeah. only look at one. It's just, okay, that may be what you wind up with, but drive these two or three other things to see if the one you're looking at really meets your needs the best. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what I find is if you're not a car person, you get fixated on a brand or whatever, and you go right back there. Because it's treated me right before. But there may be something you didn't look at. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like when you discover that new thing on the menu at a restaurant. <laughs> you go to a restaurant. You ju- I, just, you, I, I am so guilty of this. You have your thing you order. You have your thing that you order. And then for whatever reason, your, your spouse or your friend or whoever gets something that you thought kind of sounded cool and you have a bite of it and you're like, I ordered wrong. <laughs> yeah. I ordered wrong. Okay. Yeah, but but then yeah. now you've got a new thing when you come. Now you don't even know what you're going to order next time. But you've got to try the other thing. Just or but I've had the reverse idea, where I have a bite of somebody else's something. I'm like, you know what? I see why you like that. I don't. That's not my thing. <laughs> Dirty dish towel soup. I'm not. Yeah, into. it's not my thing. So I, th- I think you just got to try the other thing to see if it confirms or denies where you already were. Mm. Again, food. Back to I don't food. Know. I don't know why. Apparently, I'm happen? hungry. Apparently, that's what's going on. I wanted the 1990 Nissan Maxima for my parents when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I wanted that car for them. We needed a four-door sedan, and Nissan marketed it as the four-door sports car. Yes, they did. And I went, guys, hello, sports car, mm-hmm. and it's four doors. I don't see a problem. Sports <laughs> why, car. Why are we not Everybody doing this? is hello? happy, it, and it's plenty big, and we got a, <clears throat> a Buick. <laughs> GM strikes again. There they go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cajun Michael said, "What makes what what makes or cars have all wheel drive systems that don't feel front wheel drive?" I'm not actually going to go to spe- specific makes here, Michael. I'm going to actually talk about look at the architecture. In my experience, across the board, the cars that feel like all wheel drive systems that don't feel front wheel drive started as rear wheel drive cars. Mm-hmm. Typically, not across the board, but typically a front-wheel drive system that is now made to be all-wheel drive, it's kind of all-wheel drive. Mm. It's not Mm all-wheel drive enough. The rear-wheel drive bias systems typically will be at least 60% of the power still going to the rear wheels. Even like my Cayenne is that way. Cayenne is locked off. 60% is always going to the rear. It moves it around a little bit, but generally that's how it feels. And it doesn't feel like a front-wheel drive car at all because it's not. It's right. mostly rear-wheel drive. Right. The uh, I'm staying with Porsche for a second. The 911s don't feel all-wheel drive when you buy a 4S because they are rear-biased because it's a rear-drive chassis. Yeah. You get into front-wheel drive cars. I'll go to the obvious ones, which is the Golf R. Mm-hmm. Golf mm-hmm. R continues to feel front-wheel drive because it is front-wheel drive until something goes wrong, and then the Haldex system goes, help, 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 and it throws power rearward. That has a tendency to continue to feel front-wheel drive. So find something that started as rear-wheel drive architecture and is now all-wheel drive, and you'll get away from that feeling. Guys, thank you so much for your questions. Really appreciate it. I say that all the time, but I really mean it. Write to us your Topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions. Drop us a line, whatever you're talking about, feeling, and uh, thinking about. Looking forward to next time. As always, cheers, everyone. (laughs) 